1: Good morning, I'm Rashad Salaman, And I'm Doug
2: Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: Former President Donald Trump will surrender at 7.30 p.m. at the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta, it's on charges that he conspired to overturn the result of the 2020 presidential election. According to a post by Trump on his Truth social media, uh, that's what he said anyway, and all 19 defendants in the case brought by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis have, to be, have been turning themselves in this week. Of course, all of this ahead of a 25th of August deadline to surrender or face arrest. It'll be the fourth time this year that Trump has been processed as a criminal defendant as he seeks to return to the White House in the 2024 election. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter will have more throughout the evening and morning for us. Please stick with Bloomberg Radio for ongoing coverage.
2: Well, tomorrow morning in the U.S., markets will be focusing their attention on the mountains of Wyoming. Not literally, but that's where Fed Chair Jay Powell will be when he addresses the annual gathering of central bankers at the Fed's Jackson Hole Symposium. Bloomberg's Michael McKee is there, and he has the latest The theme of this conference is structural changes in the economy Uh, going forward. Are we going to go back to the 1990s era of higher inflation and higher interest rates, but the economy boomed during those years? Do we go back to the pre-pandemic level uh, of low interest rates and low inflation? Uh, All the things that have happened with supply chains, reshoring, uh, energy prices, uh, all those things and how they're going to affect policy going forward. And I think there's a lot of interest in that among the people here. Uh, because they don't think there's much more to say about the uh, current uh, policy regime in the U.S. or any of the other countries. Bloomberg's Michael McKee there, part of our team covering the Jackson Hole Symposium. Much more on a four-hour special. That will be a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. It begins at 8 a.m. Wall Street time. Rashad.
1: All right. Well, we got former St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard saying markets may have to wait for a signal that interest rates are coming down. Thanks to the strength of the American economy. He spoke earlier with us at Bloomberg.
2: Those that have been predicting
3: imminent recession are, uh, have, are having a lot of trouble here. Uh, it doesn't seem to be happening. And it, this uh, reacceleration could put upward pressure on inflation, stem the disinflation that we're seeing.
1: And uh, instead, uh, delay plans for the Fed to uh, uh, change policy. That is Jim Bullard, formerly with the St. Louis Fed. He's now dean of Purdue University's business school. And we did get another sign of strength for the labor market with, uh, as uh, Doug mentioned earlier, U.S. jobless claims uh, last week, falling to their lowest level in three weeks to 230,000. That's 10,000 fewer than economists surveyed by Bloomberg.
2: We go to J.P. Morgan Chase next. The bank has won a round in court. The story from Bloomberg's and Cates.
0: A federal appeals court has ruled that a $1.8 billion leverage loan was not a security, a victory for the banking and private equity industries. The decision stemmed from a securities fraud lawsuit brought by a trustee for note purchasers and a 2014 syndicated loan deal led by J.P. Morgan. Soon after the notes began trading, the borrower, drug testing company Millennium Health, ran into legal trouble and filed for bankruptcy. The justices determined that the notes failed to meet three out of four factors set by the Supreme Court to determine whether an investment constitutes security under U.S. law. In Washington, Ann Kate's Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
1: All right, well, we're looking at uh, what's been going on with the regulator in Beijing as authorities there ramp up efforts to uh, bolster what really have uh, been China's fragile and arguably skittish markets as well. Let's get details from Bloomberg's Joanna Wong. China's Securities Regulatory Commission said it held a seminar on Thursday with executives of the country's pension fund and some large-scale banks and insurers. And they vowed to help stabilize the stock market and boost economic development. The CSRC urged executives at the longer-term funds to boost equity investments and pledged to establish a long-term evaluation system over three years. China has taken a series of other steps recently to support its markets. This includes requesting state-owned banks to escalate intervention to support the yuan and slashing handling fees in stock transactions. And this comes as overseas funds have been fleeing the mainland market. China's equity benchmark is among the worst global performers this month. In Hong Kong, I'm joined, Wong, Bloomberg, Debra And
2: staying with China, it appears consumer sentiment improved in the month of August. That would snap several months of decline. Even so, data from two surveys indicates it still remains weak compared to even earlier in the year. Now, economists want to see if this trend continues since consumption has slowed in recent months, that because of waning confidence. We've been talking about that along with the slump in the housing market. A bi-monthly survey from Bank of America indicates the share of Chinese consumers planning to spend more over the next six months and those intending to trade up to more expensive brands increased in August compared with the month of June. And at the same time, a measure of Chinese consumers' sentiment from the U.S. firm Morning Consult also improved in the month of August. Although, to be fair, it fell short of that peak from back in 2021. We'll take a look at global news next. Donald Trump is planning to surrender in Georgia within the next 2 hours. Let's get to Ed Baxter in the Bloomberg Newsroom in San Francisco. Eddie,
3: yeah, that's exactly right, Doug is planned scheduled to land at 6:45 Wall Street time and has posted that he will turn himself in at 7:30. Uh, Bloomberg's Kaylee Lyons says uh, this one has a couple of differences from the others, notably a mugshot. Kaylee says that D.A. Fannie Willis has asked for a trial date. Suggesting that this should go to trial on October 23rd of this year, just about three months from now. That is a very expedited timeline. The legal experts we have talked to since these charges initially were brought, give, say given the size and scope, the sheer number of defendants, they expect this could even take beyond the 2024 November
0: election. So that timeline may not be ultra realistic.
3: And the House Republicans are probing her, Fannie Wallace, as she prosecutes Trump. The Judiciary Committee statement says the prosecution implicates substantial federal Interest and concerns about motivation. And Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows, by the way, turned himself in earlier in the day, bonds set at $100,000. The U.S. at this point is saying that it definitely believes Wagner group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin was on board the plane that crashed in Russia. Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Patrick Ryder here.
2: In our initial assessment, uh, based on a variety of factors, is that he was likely killed.
3: But says the reports of surface-to-air missile bringing it down appear to be false. We don't have any information to indicate right now.
2: Um, the press reporting uh, stating that there was some type of surface-to-air missile that took down the plane. That we assess that information to be inaccurate.
3: And says, uh, though, this definitely weakens the Wagner Group. For all intents and purposes, uh,
2: they have their combat effectiveness has been diminished. Uh, and they are no longer a, a significant factor when it comes to the the conflict inside Ukraine.
3: A Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has praised Prigozhin for the work that he did in Ukraine and has sent his condolences. Nikki Haley is really honing in on her message about inflation, the one that she delivered last night at the GOP debate, and then again today on Bloomberg. Uh, Haley says it's all of government's tasks to solve. She floats the idea of raising retirement age, even.
0: Social Security is going to go bankrupt in 10 years. Medicare is going to go bankrupt in eight. So the way we deal with it is we don't touch anyone's retirement or anyone who's been promised in, but we go to people like my kids in their 20s when they're coming into the system. And we say the rules have changed. We change retirement age to reflect life expectancy. Instead of cost of living increases, we do it based on inflation.
3: And Haley refused to be pinned down after questioning by Joe Matthew here on Bloomberg, says the age needs to be studied. And China's unexpected decision to end COVID zero quickly in 2022 led to 1.9 million excess deaths in about two months. That is an estimate from a paper published in the journal JAMA Network. Open. Global news powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg.
0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
2: Success is more than the final destination, it's a path you take one step at a time. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
4: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
2: Let's get to our guest. Ryan Belanger is with us. He is managing principal, also the founder at Claro Advisors. He joins us from Boston. Ryan, thanks for being with us. We're waiting for the speech tomorrow from Fed Chair Jay Powell. What do you think we're going to hear?
4: Yeah, nice to be with you. I, you know, I don't suspect we're going to hear any type of victory lap language. Um, you know, Chair Powell has been very um, you know, structured with his words. He he knows what the 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 power of which uh, what he says and and I think he's going to be reserved. You know, I think he's going to he respects inflation and I think that's really uh, paramount to ultimately being victorious um, you know, over inflation and that's really the main difference between him and and our leadership in the 1970s that really struggled to to get rid of inflation and um, and we you know probably all remember uh, what was going on in that decade and I don't think he wants to repeat that mistake so my sense is he's going to be cautious with his tone um, you know and and you know we have a lot of data coming out uh, that'll influence their their next policy meeting so I think he really still needs to. To toe the line here a little bit. Um, And my feeling is we will hear kind of more of the same. Um, You know, unsure about the next rate hike, but probably one more is my guess. Um, And we'll have to see what the data looks like.
1: Uh, A hawkish. Uh, pause is how many people are putting it. Uh, Doug and I have been talking uh, about this as well, which is that uh, you know, there's very little uh, ever said about China's economy. But uh, if there are references to the, uh, uh, the slowdown there and perhaps the transmission or should I say the disinflationary impulses which are being transmitted, would that be seen as being dovish?
4: I mean, it could be, but ultimately, the you know, I, I just think that the the labor market here is just which is way too tight. I mean, we're still adding jobs at what was the last reading? One hundred eighty-eight thousand or, or around that number. I mean, if you, if you want to hit the the target level that they're talking about, I believe that the number of jobs created in a monthly basis needs to be you know a third of that. And so, I just I think that the the labor market's too tight. Uh, and the economy is just still doing too well. Uh, the consumers really held up here, and I think that's been the most surprising thing. Uh, now, will the the what's happening in China you know bleed into the domestic companies? Sure. I mean, demand's going to be going down, and and you know we've seen that with with some of the retailers that have come out lately. But I just think it's going to be a, you know, uh, the recession. You know, I already thought we would have seen it already, and it hasn't happened yet. I think it's uh, I, I, that doesn't mean it's not coming. I think it's very difficult to not have a recession. If you look back at history, when the two-year and 10-year invert for more than two months, a recession happens within, 15, uh, within 18 months. And so when did that invert? Last summer? And so now we're talking about, you know, kind of any day now for this recession. I think, you know, now is when investors really want to be cautious about putting new capital into the stock market, uh, because this is when really people could get. You know, could get themselves in trouble.
2: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the equity market. But I just want to point out, as long as you're talking about yield curve inversion, that mortgage rates now are at the highest level since May 2001. So to the point I think you're making about uh, the extent to which higher rates will begin to slow the economy quite dramatically, I think we're already seeing signs of that in the housing market. But talk to me about the equity market post-NVIDIA results. Is this something that is at a critical juncture right now, do you think?
4: No, I think it really is more of a um, it's more of the same. It's the the, the stronger getting stronger and um, and everyone else is uh, idling by. I mean, you know, we've all seen the statistics that, you know, the top six or eight stocks are making up, you know, 95 percent of the performance of the index this year. And uh, and market cap is well over 70, 80 uh, percent. That's just those are historic numbers. So NVIDIA, you know, the, if you've owned NVIDIA, you're having a great year um now it's probably a crowded trade but you know that would be uh, you know, just hard to know with the, the blowout earnings that they continue I think they've got three consecutive uh, raised forecasts, which is which is really you know outstanding so if you've owned those particular stocks you've done well but everyone else is is just kind of idling along here and um, trying to keep market share and so I just think for investors you just have to know exactly what you own in your portfolios I think inherently people are just taking way too much risk right now. They've probably had their head in the sand for the last couple of years through COVID, and uh, the market's just had a really good ten-year run. So if you haven't rebalanced your accounts, um, then you probably don't understand that you can get five and a half percent in a money market right now, and uh, you know that that's a nice alternative to to some equity risk uh, that's out there. And so that's what we're telling our clients: just re- so, you know, yeah. rebalance the accounts
1: absolutely right so you know we're at a level perhaps and perhaps we're getting to even a more crucial uh, level here where that we see a, a really really a big outflow from equities into bonds because of security yeah I think that's it I mean people have really finally woken
4: up I mean say look I get money uh not only in the stock market but if I have money sitting in a bank uh earning you know a few basis points why wouldn't I be putting it into um, some investment-grade bonds or municipal bonds, or even that money market I mentioned, and, um, and, you know, actually get some yield. I mean, finally, savers can earn something. You know, for, for a decade, the, the poor savers couldn't earn any money, so they, they were forced into the stock market.
2: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street.
1: Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also
2: listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.
1: Our flagship New York station is available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
2: Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Doug Krisner.
1: And I'm Rashad Salamat. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Day Break Asia.